Yeah, I mean, it's safe now, but it wasn't safe when I began using Bitcoin. You don't like, think it'll whether be... You, Wait, how... Whether you had, like, a Mt. Gox situation or whatever. The problem is, so, like, yeah, like, when I was shilling Bitcoin for, on other platforms, I was doing it for, like, a long time. I have, like, hundreds of thousands of posts on other platforms, BTC-related. And that was all I would shill, like, for a long, long time. So the thing is, like, back then, it wasn't safe, nor was it considered, like, standard, nor was it, like... The safe play or anything else like that and there was certainly no guarantee that it was going to go up or whatever it was all just sort of speculative what i'm telling you is like when i look at the world and i've looked at the last 30 years of like you know like me doing this stuff like like basically like everything looks like that when it first starts out oh that seems kind of scammy that's not that interesting whatever so what i try to do is find the the little like the little gems that are going to do like the thousand x ten thousand x or whatever and just kind of grab those. And if I find something I really like, like, for example, I thought Zephyr was like interesting for me. So I kept more money in it and I'm holding it for much, much longer because it's like fundamentally very, very useful to me. So like those are examples, like there are things I hold long term and I think that technologically they're very good. On the other hand, there's other stuff. Not that I don't, I couldn't keep like those other coins I mentioned, like a lot of those are decent projects. But I think they have too many competitors in the market. And therefore, like long term, it's like really hard to tell like if they're gonna survive or they're gonna be the next big thing, right? Like even when Tesla came out as an example, my wife like, told me to buy Tesla stock literally the day it came out. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of right curved it. I'm like, I don't know, Elon Musk, PayPal, whatever. Like he didn't have the credibility he does now. And at that time I was like, ah, fuck it. I kind of faded it quite literally. And I was like, I did the same thing to original Facebook stock. I, I have the stories about these things. Like, so I, I missed a lot of stuff because I faded them. And what I'm telling you is you're going to miss a lot of stuff in crypto because you're fading them because you're, you're putting too much into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Whereas Wait, I don't where, put where, much when of do you think, left into When do you think it's not going to be safe anymore? Safe for which? Like oh, that the, once it goes down, I know it'll go back up. Um, it's no, I mean, what I'm saying is in, in the medium term, like, like if it's a reasonable project and you think buyers will come in when it dips, right? Like BTC, no, if it goes uh, down, we know buyers hello, show up. Hello, listen to me, Sefi. You're yeah. getting tired. We're all tired, but you're missing me. What? Yeah. I understand that the tech of Bitcoin and ETH are not suitable or as suitable as other things could be. I understand that. But that's not what drives the market. The, the people's opinion drives the market. So when do you think? Yeah, the, no, I have, I have a phrase for that. Hype, hype drives the tops. Hype drives the tops. Okay, and utility no, drives the bottom. You're missing me again. What, hold on. Yeah. Let me ask you like very clearly. Okay. When do you think something else will overtake Bitcoin or ETH? Because you seem to be in, insinuating that. Like how soon do you see oh. Um, the closest technology that has the capability of doing something more important than BTC and ETH is Chainlink. That's the only one in the entire space. The only thing so far. You, th that I you can think see. chain? Okay. Yeah, it's the closest thing that has like a greater like material impact on the computing world. Like the Hold same on. way like everyone uses Wait. like Microsoft or Apple products on their on their desktops. Like Chainlink has the the deepest sort of like capability to sort of modify the financial world as we Sefie. see it, like on a planetary scale. Sefi. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. I could, I, I bet you, 
I could find a way to make coffee that's cheaper than Starbucks and better than Starbucks. That doesn't mean that I'm going to start a franchise that eats Starbucks. Far from it. I still don't follow you. What? Okay, how are we missing? Just because something could be better doesn't mean that. No, 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 no. It's not better. It does a lot more things than. It's different. It's it, different. It's, it's yeah. focused on on. Um, I really hate to say it this way, but just to sum it up in a fucking word, it's it's going to take the real world and incorporate it in to blockchain and bit in and Bitcoin. It's it's basically what's going to link our crypto space with just about everything that goes on in in the real financial world. Yeah, right? like the stock the stock world, the banking world, like to connect everything is what Chainlink's attempting to do. Um, Ethereum can't do that. It can't scale to that level, and nor can any of the layers. Oh my twos. god! I, th- I so, feel like so, you keep so, asking the same question. So Chainlink is not a blockchain. Memorize that fact. It's irre- like everything you know about why you own oh my god. ETH have nothing to do with Chainlink. Oh my god! Here, let 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 me interrupt. Oh my god! Vintani, is is this I'm what you're asking? Are you asking? Okay, when can we when can we start? Let's start. Let's start in kindergarten and then jump back here. I don't know where this is. We're like in high school, maybe middle school. I don't know. But let's go to kindergarten. We, we're both on the same page that when more people buy into something, price goes up, right? We're Correct. on the same page. Okay, okay. Let's jump back now. You seem to be insinuating that Bitcoin and ETH are in danger. What? No. What? No, the, the danger for BTC, the reason I say don't only put your money in BTC is one, the multiples of growth are not as high as they are going to be for smaller market cap things. That's for sure. I don't care about that. Number I two, about number safety. two, the security of the Bitcoin network is not certain over the next 15 years. That's quantum why I own computing. a bunch of IBM stock. And yeah, so quantum Zintani computing makes asking, those things break. So Zintani oh, is asking. Yeah. Wait, yeah, what are you Z- talking Zintani, about? What, oh, what that's why we were. That mi- oh, that's your why your we money can go to zero if you have it all in Bitcoin. Yes, it can still happen. Oh, it's still very much possible. It will happen eventually. It will. Yeah, it's a certainty it will happen. Okay, it's like when, quantum when computing today, fifty years. So, if you look at the doubling time of like the number of qubits that quantum computers now produce, it's taking it's a doubling time. I estimated the current rate of growth in quantum computing. It's somewhere in the 10 to 20 year time frame where you basically wreck the um, current algorithms that we use for Bitcoin. Um, so there would have to be like some kind of consensus change to keep it going. It's just possible, but like does it's quantum not Does quantum computing follow Moore's law? Um, it's following it so far, yeah. So like that's why I bought a bunch of IBM stock because I know I'm going to, my IBM stock is going to do better than Bitcoin will, watch. <laughs> like watch watch what happens the stuff that they're producing as far as like quantum computing is absolutely mind-blowing epic shit like and i buy a lot of tech stocks and things too so like yeah i'm not married to any one tech so like to me it's like if you if there's a credible project and it looks like it's world changing i'm all in like i bought a bunch of apple in 2002 right and what did apple do like it the most successful stock in the world. I bought it from 2002 all the way to 2012. That's the only thing I bought for that entire decade, Apple stock. Like, so you can imagine I did pretty good. Then like BTC, I was all in for the, all in for the decade of early BTC. And I have not been buying much BTC anymore because the return on investment is much higher on things that have 
smaller market caps now. So there's no need to sort of put more money. But what you're saying is you made a big bag and now you're a gambling addict is what. Yeah, of course. But no, but but I'm a tech like, nerd. I'm still at heart. In the, like, like, I'm still in the making now, understand, the bag. Like, I have not made enough since, bag yet. I'm not. I've been doing this since the computer was like the home PC was invented, right? So like I know the tech. I've been playing with it since I was a little kid, and like so I was like, as soon as I made a buck, like working, I pretty much started investing immediately. So it's not a question of just gambling. It's which you know whatever you call it, it's fun. But like I just like this stuff because it's fun. Um, and I learn stuff when I buy coins and like see what the projects are doing and understand the tech and whatever else. Right. I just like the process of like, you know, price discovery. The whole thing is just fun for me. I I feel, I feel like I, I basically like the last 30 minutes can be surmised as Zintani saying when sell. When sell, when sell, Steffi <laughs> going on autistic tangents. No. So, but like, basically, yeah, like what, what I do is like, if I have some stuff that I just entertainingly like buy, cause like, I think the chart looks good and it's going to go up in value. I buy a lot of stuff that I'm not going to hold long-term just because the, like the price like looks oversold and I think it's going to go up some in value. And then I, and if I, what I do is I do that and I, I trade out of them. Like, and then if I have something I have more conviction about, then I'll go and pick up more of that basically. Yeah. I um, hate that. So like, that's, I would that's, never, that's pretty much the idea. I would never, but that's why it's going to take you forever to make your bag. Whereas like I can make more well, than you in a year, then you'll make all your life. That's the difference. Okay. Like you have to be, a, a, you have to be right. Like, actually first like, of all, involved. If you want to do this as like a way to make, no, money. hold on. Like, yeah. No. Well, I have made, okay, maybe I haven't made a bag like you. I'm not as old as you, but it sounds like the way you actually made your bag to be able to make more bags in small amounts of time, which, yeah, might be going good right now, but you might see, like, are there statistics on this. You might be in a good run right now, but you get addicted to this, and you might, you might go on like, a losing I, streak, I, and then you lose that bag, okay? I'm not I would yet. say, like, I'm the, most aberrant, I'm the most aberrant statistic that you might ever see in terms of success in this space. Yeah, um, Black, but yeah, you're, but you're also yeah, using early that. Apple, early Bitcoin. Like, think about the two greatest risk growth assets of all time, and like, or more or less. And I, had, I was in both. So, like, and I was in those artistically obsessively, meaning like I bought both like crazy. And the, what I'm telling you is, out of all of that, of all the crypto space right now, I'm I can choose to buy anything I feel like it, right? And I'm telling you, like, the tech to me looks most interesting for Chainlink compare like based on what they built over the last one year all right they really are executing solid so like if you were to ask me like has anything built on ethereum this last year that beats that i would say the answer is no i had mostly cosmos projects for the last two years did i see anything built on cosmos that beats that the answer is no okay steffi i'm not listen i'm not gonna have like a dick size contest with you you have the bigger intellectual cock like i'm not gonna even you know whatever but 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 I can say my intellectual cock is kind of big because I did I I I got all my scholarship money. This is probably this is a bad thing. This would make you have a worse worse opinion of me. I took all of my scholarship money from having good grades, being a woman in STEM, everything else I did, music stuff, blah blah blah. I put all of it. All of this was my I had to pay it back or 
not, no, 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 no. I took out my scholarship money. I took out the money for um, my loans and I put them all in the Bitcoin at 150. All of it. Even the stuff that I had to pay back. Wait, Zintani, how old are you? I, um, I, I'm older than people think I am and I'm younger than people yeah. think I am. People I'm never... 34. You bought Bitcoin at $150? 2015. Shit. All right. Yeah, a little older Okay, than so I I'm just saying, like, my, my intellect... Listen, I'm just saying my intellectual cock is kind of big, or maybe it's smaller. I don't know. But, but, but I'm not trying to get into a dick war with you. I'm just saying... Yeah, like, like if, if, it, like if, 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 if I had, like, didn't have the income I have regularly... Like, I wouldn't leave all of my initial investment personally, even now in BTC. Like, I would basically, like, move it to other things. But because I have a daily income, my wife does, like, we don't need the money. I just leave my stuff alone for the most part. So I just sort of, like, obsessively hold whatever I have. Um, but, yeah, like, but when it comes to, like, new income coming in, yeah, I always look for, like, the new shiny sort of, like, tech, the interesting thing that's going to grow. Um, and like, I might miss out on some of them for sure, but I definitely keep searching because like the return on investment, the multiples, like, like is BTC going to do like a hundred X right now? The answer is no, like not, not anytime soon. So the thing is like, is it the thing I want to put my new money in? Not necessarily. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I look for all these different things. Um, also to clarify on, on the risk aspect that Zintani was, was talking about. I mean, from what I understand, you have a relatively small percentage of your wealth actually in crypto, right? Like, well, no. Like, I've got a lot in stock, and I have a lot in crypto also. What What percentage do you have in crypto, though? Uh, I thought it was like less than ten. No, no, no. It's it's sitting now like probably like fifty fifty. Oh, holy like shit, that. dude. Jesus Christ. You're, yeah. man. I, Is I, that bad? I was under the impression you had like like a way smaller percentage of your wealth vested this time around. No, like I don't, I don't, I've never kept any cash. So like when both my wife and I both work, so like we move it all into either buying some stock or buying some crypto depending on what's doing worse. So whichever crashes the most, I buy more of basically. Like, you know, so 2008 financial crisis, the dot-com bubbles when I first started buying, so you can imagine I got all good deals there. Like 2002, like right as the dot-com bubbles were covering is when I first started that. And then like, uh, yeah, even like some in the COVID crisis, some in the like, you know, October, two Octobers ago, you know, everything was down, bought a bunch of stock. And then like uh, in the bear market here, I was picking up sort of like, you know, Chainlink and a bunch of other things. And uh, obviously if you buy in a bear market, it's, you could be a retard and make the number go up, right? You just have to have some conviction and pick up some things. So it's, I'm not saying like, I don't, uh, like it takes a genius to do this stuff. It just, you have to do it over long periods of time. It's fine. Not a big deal. Yeah. And be a lot more consistent than someone like me, but yeah, no, speaking of which I've definitely got a lot more, more risk in than you, but that's, I, I did not expect that. I, I would have expected It's not you, good, Drew. Yeah. Get out of that. Oh my God. I'm such an <laughs> idiot. You have no idea. Just literally, Drew, well, literally just it's so it's so well, simple but it, you you buy, you I'm, buy I'm when everyone's nothing. screaming and crying you sell when everyone says oh it's I, going I, I did though i i bought i bought well relative to me and and my net worth i bought a whole fuckload of rune when it was 84 cents 
in this bear market. Okay, what is it now? Is, uh, $5.10 was the last time I looked. I, I oh. sold it at four ninety. Um, Wait, when did it come out? Rune's been around for two cycles. It came out in 2019, but it dipped all the way down to $0.84 cents in this last bear market. So I guess I haven't really done a good job of analyzing what my best trades are, but that was probably I it, just feel so. like all of this is going to shit. Like, not all probably. of it. Like, I don't... Uh, the majority of it. I mean, everything's going to lose. Like, everything but Bitcoin and ETH and, and a handful of others may be linked. Everything else is probably going to lose, like, 95 to 99% of its value. Like, it does every single bear market, right? But, I mean, some things will come back and others won't, right? Like, look at fucking Hex, dude. Talk about, like, of all the things that should not have come back, it still managed to. So, I, you know, I, I guess... I guess the only thing that's like constant in in this paradigm is is change, and maybe I'm not very good at at moving with the swings and the change like fucking Sefi is, but I definitely buy at the bottoms, you know, in fucking bear markets. It's just, yeah, I'm getting some fucking laughs here. So like but... like like Drew as an example, like right now, if I go into the stock market and I were to pick something like a really decent company, like intuitive surgical or whatever like the market is already sort of pumped up to some extent and like the best time to buy stock was stocks was like two octobers ago not this last year but the year before that and then maybe up through summer and everything was really really down and undervalued so that was a great time right but now like i like i moved a bunch of money like the last maybe six months and the less risky play than stock market was Chainlink like less risky, like than most stocks, I would say, quite frankly. And so I picked it up and like, you know, like seven to 12 bucks or whatever. It's now sitting at 20 bucks. Like my chain link just outpaced almost every stock that I own. Like within just a few months, right? So see, notice how different that is. Um, Drew, I have an issue with you saying maybe I don't move as good as Sefi. Listen, Sefi, uh, I don't. He's out of control. He's a madman. It's a fucking he's, fact. Though, he's on the death spiral. No, 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 you don't so, understand. He's the Kanye West of crypto. It might look good right now, okay? But it's not. It's the beginning of the end. This guy is up two hundred fucking percent on his portfolio from like November, right? So yeah, I had like, f- fucking Kanye West before he started had, shitting on Jews. Like, he was like, he lost a billion <laughs> in like a day. Listen, I had like, I had like 15 grand vet. Okay, I'm just going to tell everybody my numbers. It's really pathetic. So please don't laugh at me. I had like 15 grand vested um, at the bottom of this bear market. And I got uh, what, like a 4X out of it. Uh, by October of this year, September, October of this year, my, my average link buy price is $12, by the way. So I feel good about that. I took out a fucking loan. So again, pre- pretty bad decision. Pretty, and, I'm, and I'm in finance. Like I, I know what sound finance is. No, no. Yeah. It's a fucking personal loan for like $65,000, right? And in late November, December, I allocated it across a bunch of cryptos. Um, and that combined with, you know, um, my original bag through the bear market, which, which peaked in October, I, I'm down about 
10% from, from that peak bear market bag and the $60,000 loan. So I'm, I'm, I'm down 10%. And this fucker over here doubled and tripled his money from November to now. And then reallocated. Yeah. Now, now, I didn't, now, remember, like, I didn't, like, go and sell all the old shit that I had and only buy crypto. Like, I, this is all sort of new money. So I'm not, like, I'm not putting giga money in the way that, like, is totally degen, right? So new allocation, I probably put in, like, I don't know you know, a few percentage of my net worth or whatever. It's not, it's nothing like, it's nothing to write home about. So to say that I'm gambling, like the point is I'm gambling on a relatively small amount of money. And the thing is like, the goal is to be early. So be involved during the bear market. So you're super early on what you're buying and then like, just let it run. Like, you know, for the period of like about a couple of years. And then, you know, and the other thing too is like, a few things like that I didn't care that much about, but I knew I could make like a two or three X in them. I did that and then I bought other shit and that stuff is doubled or whatever. So they're up like six X or whatever, but it didn't take that much effort. It's not, and I don't use any leverage either, by the way, I'm not like on uh, BitMEX and all that and like taking multiple. Right. I, I, I learned the hard way on that during the last cycle that it's, it's completely set against you. The centralized exchanges, it's real fucked. Um, yeah, it's like but, I'm purely spot buying, and I'm not even like going to really, really degen coins and like micro, like, like I'm not going too off to the you um, know, crazy dApps and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% did, and I bought some shitty meme coins. I think I already told you I lost uh, four grand on meme coins after my friend got a, a 13x on a couple of absolute shitters. So I threw some money into these shitters like an idiot. Total FOMO. I was in an emotional state. But drive, like, driving home but from Drew, the reason, JFK airport at like 90 miles an hour on Route 80 and I fucking throw four grand into it. And then in, in like in in 12 hours, it's gone. It's like the South Park episode and it's gone. <laughs> the, the reason, but Drew, the reason I don't like messing with meme coins is that like I'd rather have something that if I become a bag holder, like, you know, the, the value of the coin is less than what I paid for it. I want something that the probability over a year or two or three that it's going to go back into the green is very high. Oh, dude, I can because all of this agree. shit pumps. Rune and all of this shit pumps, and all of this stuff dumps. But the thing is, like, which ones come back after they dump is a big is a big question mark. Dude, right? I've I've been a, a Rune maxi for a long time, right, and, and an ETH maxi before that. So that was like, yeah, I completely understand. I, I just I took a complete a couple of completely unreasonable risks. Um, and then I sold a couple of lows in this dip here to reallocate to some projects that I thought were better. So, you know, in, in spite of how much we talk about it and in spite of the fact that this is my third cycle and I know goddamn well that you buy the dips, I still sold on a couple dips to get other projects. So the, the overall net is down. I did a fucking terrible job trying to swing trade. Makes me very insecure. Thank God you guys know, do not know who the fuck I am. Um, but like, yeah, th there were a couple shitters mixed in there where I was just being a, like a degenerate gambler um, or, or I was in maybe a, a tired state or an emotional state. And I, like, well, part, part of it, Drew, is like what happens is, is when the number goes down on some coin, you start wondering, wait a minute, is this a good project or not? And then you hear people on the timeline talking about whatever shit they're pumping. And then you're like, oh, shit, they're making lots of money. And so what ends up happening is you chase those. Yeah. So, like, for example, Fuck I yeah. bought the most boring shit this last week. I bought a little bit of Litecoin, a little bit of Dogecoin. Why? Because, like, their charts looked absolutely wrecked. 
and when retail shows up and starts buying coins, they buy all sorts of garbage. Yeah, they're going to run. Everything. It's a safe double. So, it's not going to zero. I completely understand yeah, now. And each, and each of those, each of those, by the way, is like, I think, up 5% or 10% from when I bought them now. And like, they were very, very low risk in that respect. So this it's son like, of a bitch just now prints I money. Oh, Sefi, I feel like you are my long lost, more intelligent twin brother. Like the more I'm, I listen to you, the more I realize, like, I think I'm just the like more retarded female version of you. I have no idea what I'm doing with my money, but it sounds like I, I do the same thing as you, just worse. Like I, I have half, yeah, like I have half of my is- money and I have no idea what I'm doing. I just am doing it and praying. But I have half of my money in crypto. And then of that half, uh, most of it is in Bitcoin, a little bit in ETH. And then I have like a marginal amount of money that I'll throw into things early. The thing I, I just lose that money. Is it smart? That's what you're supposed is to this do. What, is this, is it? Yes, but I'm wait, fucked in but the head. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I don't think it is. Of- wait, I feel like I'm being gaslit right now because this is just something. No, 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 no. This no, is just I something I, I do. And I've rejected, like everyone has said, after I made a, a bag off of Bitcoin, everyone said, get a financial advisor. I was like, no, they'll just I- ask me for money. I, it's my money. So I just <laughs> do this. I'm pretty sure this is like what crazy people do. Like when, no, when no, no. It, I mean, when I say it, no, no, no. Maybe compared to You just said, five, how do we? get out of the echo chamber this is how challenge the idea how is that a good thing to do because this is what i just did because it it makes me feel good because you're going to get a nice stable multiple from the bitcoin you're going to get a slightly bigger one from eth and neither one of those projects are going to go away anywhere in the near time future right like they're they're just not going to go away and then you're fucking around with a couple of small moonshots. And frankly, that's exactly what Sefi does. Yeah, too. but he, so he his, it sounds his, like he hits his. Mine always lose. So mine is just throwing it in the trash. This, this guy has an insane amount of, of his, like percentage of his crypto portfolio in Link. That's his nice stable one. It happens to have a bigger multiple than, than ETH in Bitcoin this time around. And then the rest of it is either in Ceph or, or in a bunch of little shitters that, that he's got you know, some confidence in. So it's like, wait, hold on. But I don't trust this then because I know I'm retarded. There's no question about it. <laughs> I know I am. And the funny thing is Drew, like Drew, like if, if Zephyr even goes back to its like previous high, I bought enough of it that it will exceed my chain. Oh back. my God. Well, that tells how, it, that tells it already how fast, exceeds like, mine and I'm just at break even now. Like, <laughs> yeah. fuck. <laughs> So that's the thing, like when you go buy small cap things, they do like, yeah. you know, 10, 20, 100 X numbers. So it's like, you don't have to put a lot of capital in high risk shit right. because you, your multiples are so high and that's the key. And, and frankly, but at the same time, like you don't put too much money because if they can go to zero, you don't want to lose what, all your fucking what, money. What no, is your, what's cool. your net worth? Mine? Sefi. Oh, yeah. How, yeah. Um, I, I try to stay pretty... I pretty much have to stay anon about all that stuff for lots of reasons. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's a pretty dangerous fucking world. I'm going to throw an estimate out there and, and say that Sefi's probably worth about 15 million. But, you know, again, just a guess. But yeah, that's all got to be pretty anonymous. I, I've said way 10, too much about myself. 10. 10 million down to five. And like, then I'm going to shoot past no, into like billions. Fi- 
like my wife and I, income wise, remember we're both like physicians, and I busy and I know stuff. exactly so, so we, what physicians. So we make over a million dollars, like just as just normal work. Yeah. What do you wait? Like, wait, normal. both of you together? That's, yeah, the two of us combined, or you know, make over a million. Five hundred thousand like a year. Yeah, this is that's commonplace for for specialists yeah. like that. So I'm I'm a loan officer. Hold on, but he's like also but he's also like he's but. also he likes aesthetic things and he engages in hobbies hardcore. So you're probably spending. Yeah, not, I bet you live in a really nice house. I bet you. I do. I yeah. I bet you spend house. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but, no, not crazy money. No, I'm not like a Lambo freak or something. Yeah, it's, so like, it's I, not bad debt either. And if that money is, is loaded into a primary residence, I mean, that's not a bad purchase at all. Like that's, it's just sitting there accruing value just above the inflation rate. So, you know, and, and no, like we don't, we don't have crazy amount in the house. Like it's, it's a reasonable house for the income we make. It's like, you know, we have like 6250 square feet. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of a space. It's not. It's not. It's a mansion by it's, any. It's a mansion. It's not that square footage. No, it's not anything like yeah. ridiculously ostentatious. But it, I mean, it's pretty typical for for yeah. um, a specialist. Again, I I do a lot of doctor loans. So yeah, you know. it's it's like it's a more normal. Like it's a much less. If you saw it, you'd be like, oh, that's not a normal house. Like like that's definitely yeah, well off. Like, it's like, obvious. Moderately well. Yeah, is what it looks like. Yeah, it'd be it, like if you were to drive through some neighborhoods and things, it'd be definitely like one of the top 1% best designed places you're going to see. So it's nice. But at the same time, like, you know, like people come off the street and offer to pay cash for it to buy it. I'm like, no, we're not selling it. Or whatever. Like, yeah, you also, you also have um, some but, things in there that are probably not equating to value, like like your your specialized yeah. soundproofing and all that shit. So yeah, all sorts of exotic shit we got going on. So like I, you know, I have we like that. But the thing is, I don't go nutty, you know, buying shit. In fact, I don't have to work if I don't want to. But we work because we we just like that's just what we do. Um, like, but, uh, I don't have to, as like a means of survival it or something. Sounds like you in have fact, some like, flexibility I, in what you do too. Like, you're yeah, like that it's really just something that you not only that, but like even early on, like my parents covered like all education, medical school, all of those things. So like when I got out of school, I didn't have debt or anything. I went straight to investing immediately. And I just went ape shit on buying Apple stock ever since what I, you fuck? know, got out of, you know, got Are out of residence. You're just playing on easy mode. That's not been... It's not even yeah, it's basically, he was. It's kind of really, but at the same time, it's like. Um, but I wasn't a slouch. Yeah, he was either. pragmatic. I mean, like no, Chad, I hate yeah, when people say super. stuff like that. No, that's easy mode. Your parent, you got a two parent, two parent household. Two parent oh, household, yeah. college paid for. Oh, bruh, dude, it's not even. Yeah, but that's like our. That's like culturally normal for us. Like, like. Yeah. Like I'm paying for all of my kids, everything. Like that's not something unusual at all. Like, in fact, I'd be considered a failure if I didn't. It'd be embarrassing. Like it'd just be like, I just hold my head in shame because I'm an imbecile if I don't cover my kids' education. Yeah. If I can't do that much, what the fuck's going on? Like, that's just what it is. So I don't expect my kids to like go get loans or whatever. Yeah, Jesus dude, I Christ, have $120,000 no. student loan debt. So just so that everybody no. here without knowing who the fuck I am knows my entire financial situation. <laughs> but I do have. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm, I'm no, but I, I do believe in like thinking generationally. Like I do like for whatever that's worth, you know, I like my mental model is that like, what are my kids going to be like? What are my grandkids going to do one day when they're born and like, 
you know, do they have to live a rat rat race life? On the other hand, I teach my kids like, you know, my little one um, is in uh, high school and he knows how to run our company. So like I teach him how to run everything, how to do bookkeeping, accounting, taxing, like the whole nine yards so that he's not an idiot with money. Right. So like it's one thing to just like have a bunch of money and then like hand it to your children and then becomes morons. Like I don't like that either. So like yeah, I do expect them to sort of like be, you know, smart people, uh, be compassionate people like. You know, and my kids are basically my social security. I'm not living in some fucking nursing home. Like, you know, like the reality is I'm living with you boys. Like, that's how this is going to work. The same way my parents, you know, my, my parents live with me right now. So they, um, you know, so like that's what, you know, if they're paying for my entire education, everything like, well, shit, you take care of your parents. That's what, that's how this works. Like if, if you do that, like you're, that's the Wait, recipe. Is it for also a part of your, what do you call, is this, is it fair to say this is cultural? Yeah, like I mean, this is like the same thing my parents' okay. parents did. We can, we can say culture. Right? Like, is is it also a not, part of the culture yeah. to like have a couple kids just in case a couple fuck up to like give you more? Um, I didn't worry that much about it, like you know. But like, my wife is still pissed that we didn't have a daughter, and, and like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, let's go adopt a kid right now, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, you you um, can adopt me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but like, yeah, like there, there's like she has this kind of mindset of like, oh, I wish I had a daughter. But the, the outside, I'm of that, mentally no, no. five years old. It's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so no, but like, uh, but yeah, like I think space kind of thing is fun. Like I think it's technologically engaging. And no, it's not all scam projects. There's definitely legit things happening. Um, and so like you know, figuring out what's a good investment though, and what a good timing is, is a different thing than than necessarily like because things can be overvalued and undervalued severely at any given moment right that's true in stocks too for that matter like the last time i bought tesla stock was at like 106 bucks or something i sold it at 170 something and then now if it goes down below that level again you know maybe back to 100 bucks i'll buy it again but it's like clearly overvalued you know in the car market and stuff so it's like you know and if it doesn't go back down i don't mind i want to marry someone that's like really intelligent and has their own money and just give them all my money so that I can stop. That's really what I want. I'm tired. I hate all of it. I don't, I, I'm, I want to retire. Honestly, it'd be nice just to get, just to get to the point where it doesn't provoke anxiety. I mean, I think I'd be content, you know, at a certain point. Five but, billion, but right? That. <laughs> that's no, my number no, I, I just want i, I, I just want five think, billy i genuinely think and, and actually i see it in my work because i review like an, an inordinate amount of like divorce decrees and marital settlement agreements um and, and wills and things like that um once you get to a certain point in wealth uh then a whole bunch of other problems kick in when you no longer have like the challenges of everyday life you start to have some massive family problems, existential crises, and, you know, a whole Wait, bunch of, a whole slew of other Wait, things that you I really saying? don't want to encounter. Can you hear me? I, I missed what you said. I spaced out. What did you say? Oh, sorry. I said, once you get past a certain point in wealth, like I see this shit every day in divorce decrees and, and in people's uh, estates um, and like quarrels in the family over money and, and people having, you know, too much to the point where life doesn't have any challenges. 
anymore. I mean, it creates a lot of problems in people's lives. So Wait, I think there's what do you, a point what do you mean? in which... Because you said five billion, I said yeah. I think that's way too much. I think once you get past a certain point, it's really it's not good. I just want to marry someone with where our combined wealth is five billion. So they got to cover quite a, quite a bit of that because I don't I don't even have one billion. So they. Hey guys, can you guys hear me? And then and then we'll you know what I want? Yeah, Kareem, I can you hear know you. Know what I want, Drew? I want a prenup where it's like there is no prenup if i have a baby so it's like if we divorce if i have a child yeah i'm taking half if i have your child well that's usually the way an msa works right oh, so, there's a name for so it? child child support and custody generally nullifies a good portion of somebody's uh uh prenuptial agreement i, oh. I mean i've seen entire prenups thrown out uh, with some of these msas uh, especially okay. in california um, we we do loans all over the country. But, people, but, um, people who say people who say, um, I'm so tired. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just I think I think like I think even existential. When I hear like men talking about prenups and they're so upset about a woman taking half, it's like I agree with you if they had no child. But if they had a child, go fuck yourself. Like what the idea of that of like. Okay, I'm gonna now. Now, what if the children are grown and are out of the house? What's your stance then? So you're gonna kick. Okay, so like if the woman. Okay, this is why I don't want to have kids. It's like it's like unless there's stability there. Because if if you kick the woman out after the kids are grown up, whatever, she has nothing, and not only nothing, she has no career anymore. She has no stability. Like she's on the streets. No, well, no, no career. So so again, most of these MSAs. I'd say a majority of them, maybe not a vast majority, uh, there's somewhat equal footing between the parties, right? Like, and I guess, I guess it's sort of skewed because they're coming for a refinance of their marital residence. And that wouldn't occur if one of them couldn't carry the mortgage. But in general, they're of somewhat equal footing, but the allocation of assets isn't always fair, right? So like I, I had, uh, <laughs> I had a, a, a guy, I was refinancing, uh, uh, sorry, I was, I was completing a purchase for him and the wife was refinancing the property, which we had just completed. Uh, the kids were out of the house. Um, they were of pretty much equal income. He was self-employed. Uh, she got a portion of his business and the majority of his retirement accounts. And I just couldn't quite understand why. Wait, what do you um, mean retirement I, account? His 401k and his IRA. Did she, she had his kids? He, he, had, he had to liquidate them and give them to her. How long were they together? 30 some years. He was 65 years old. I'm saying way oh, too much about I mean, somebody's personal shit. If they're listening, I'm in major Wait, trouble. but how do you not, but, wait, how do you not understand that? He was getting virtually nothing. That's Wait, why she took more of it than he, he. Yes, it was not 50 50. Oh, that's weird. I don't know. I, I think I think perhaps the argument had to do with the fact that he was self-employed. And so for a portion of their marriage, she held um, she was the breadwinner and, and, and held the family stable while he uh, developed his business. But I, I mean, there there are a million ways 
that that can be argued in court. And that's really, it's not like my fucking area, but I've seen unfair scenarios like that. And, and I've seen unfair scenarios for, for the, the female spouse as well. Um, but it is definitely skewed uh, a little bit in, in favor of women in a lot of these MSAs. I mean, I, I, um, like that. And, uh, I, I think like ideally if I got married there, there would be a prenup and he can have his money back, whatever. If we divorce, I just don't have a child. If there's no, if I never have a kid, I have like zero issue. I, I mean, I, I do tend to agree with you on that because, because whether or not we like it, uh, the mother almost always is the primary caregiver, right? And, and so a portion of their ambition and career may be sacrificed because of that. So, so I tend to agree with you on that argument in, in general. Right. So, but, but I, I mean, the whole thing is just really ugly. <laughs> and I Dude, see it constantly all the time. Being um, a mother. And the more money is involved, the less amicable it seems to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Rich people are fucking miserable. So you, I shouldn't marry uh, in a five billy? <laughs> no. I, that's no, my shouldn't. dream right now. I, I just don't see the downside. Let's say. Let's say, I mean, like, I'm not really worried about getting divorced because, like, even, I, I just feel like, I don't know. Everyone Too much loves money me. Everyone families. loves me. I have one ex that doesn't like me, and he's crazy. Uh, the rest of them love me. I, I feel like I'd be a good divorce. I'd be a good time. I, as good of a time as divorce can be, I feel like I'd, I'd be that. I don't there, think I'm going to cause problems. No, honestly, I don't see the, the downside. Uh, so, so. I, I am engaged, but like the whole thing definitely does scare me a bit. I think about it all the time because, you know, the odds are in favor of you getting divorced someday. Right. And then, I mean, not only do you have the emotional toll that that takes, um, but, but the financial too. And again, the more money, the more it breaks up the family, which really isn't great. So. But how same with some is of these, that the case if it's same with some of these estates, man? I, I I've seen I've seen brother and sisters brothers and sisters at each other's throats uh, because of because of large sums of money. You Wait, know, but so. hold on. So let's let's move it to ten billion then. What is the downside there? Because if you divorce and I take half and he takes half, we're both good. We are both good. We both got five billion. What is the what is there to be upset about? If you never had to work, again, what are you? What are you going to spend five billion on? You're not. What, what? Exactly, but that's that's the problem. What challenges are you then encountering in your life? What what I want gets those, you up every Exactly, morning? I want those problems where it's like, where it's like I don't know <laughs> no, if I want so much this worse. yacht or that mm -hmm. yacht. That's what I want to live like. So, so I had I had pretty profound depression in my teen years and in my early twenties. And I think the one cure, the one thing that I, I, that really truly pulled me out of it was being continually busy and, and continually challenged, like constantly being challenged and, and having to overcome things, I think is the one thing that, you know, you get depressed at times, but I think it's the one thing that has truly neutralized, you know, that the depression that I had earlier on in my life. And, and, and if, if I were completely totally without any worry like a billion dollars in the bank right and just living off residuals super fucking rich i think that shit would come rearing back 
the void would come Ooh, back to what? consume me again. And that is a dark place to be. I've had the exact opposite where like I grew up in like, I don't even, I'm a, absolutely a statistical anomaly. The, my peers are on the streets. Like they're. I, I mean, I, I grew up in, in relative poverty too. immigrant family. Uh, dad who was not Wait, financially Wait, then I, then I missed something. Say it again. What, what, where, how? I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I was rich and depressed. I was saying I was depressed and the thing that made me less depressed was being busy and overcoming challenges. Um, and, and that if I were ultra fucking rich and I didn't have regular day-to-day -day challenges and things to overcome like I have now, I think that depression would come rearing back. But yeah, I, just, I, grew up I just, poor so like I when I hear people say so I'm there's got to be different kinds of brains because I'm not like that when when I when I have money and things to buy like I if I have room to buy things or like eat well or it doesn't matter that's the thing the beautiful thing about money is like so many people pretend when they say things like money can't buy you happiness this blows my mind because like well but, it can to a certain no point, it can all right? the way through it's like what are you spending your money on what do you want like if you need therapy pay for a therapist like so, oh so my I god encourage you, but like I, I encourage you to look at like like suicide demographics across the income spectrum and i think that you'll find that per capita it's like parabolic toward toward the upper echelons of income i don't think so. it's not a it's not a Wait, poor man i don't burden. think so I, I would yeah. be willing to. I, I'll let's look. If, if you could, and if I'm wrong about that, I would be. I would be very surprised. I want to look it up right now. I I would I would be willing to bet. Oh, and 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 fent fentanyl overdoses don't count, so we're not. That, that's going to skew it pretty fucking badly. We're talking about we're talking about suicides across the income spectrum. I I'm fairly confident that it it goes up significantly with higher income. No, it doesn't. It's marginal, though. It's not as drastic as I thought. It's by 0.39% per, but, but it is opposite. The more, the more money you have, the less likely you are to commit. Hey, hey guys, can I, can I just jump in? Go ahead. Per, per capita is in, Tony. Hold on. I just, I just literally, like, I feel like people, because I've been homeless, man. Like, you want to talk about depression, like, anxiety? when you don't know where you're going to sleep or what you're going yeah. to eat or if you're going to be alive. It's like when I'm sleeping in my bed every single day, I'm in this apartment. I'm so much happy. I'm not happy every day. Sometimes I get really depressed. Sometimes, you know, whatever. And it doesn't, but, but if I have enough money, I can fix it. It's like if, if I have a lot of expendable income and I'm feeling really bad, I'll buy myself like a nice dinner or like do something that makes me happy. Whereas like when I was working all day trying to pay rent and couldn't, I was miserable. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't know. Zintani, was that stat you looked up across, uh, was it uh, I, I, GDP or, or sorry, was it per capita? I looked up. Man, my brain. I looked up suicide down. rates by income, which isn't a bias skewed. What What do you mean per capita? I'll look up per capita. Yeah, like like per one hundred thousand over certain income thresholds, right? Like like are you looking at a rate or a raw number of suicides? 
I looked up per capita. It says the same thing. Even more. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Suicide rates okay. decrease with money. Yeah, you have like random people who like don't. To the, the issue might be. Yeah, it's actually. It's like. It's a pretty small divergence. Drew, actually. I the, think the vast majority, the vast majority of suicides I see on a regular basis, um, like drug overdoses, whatever. Most are sort of lower socioeconomic situations. I'd say the vast majority. Yeah, because like. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm wrong on that. If you got, if you if you don't have enough money, you you literally can't get help. Can't you can't pay for a therapist? I've had no money for my entire fucking life. Uh, like, <laughs> I grew up in a rel relatively affluent town in in the only low income neighborhood. Uh, was made fun of it pretty pretty brutally. So I understand where well, you're coming from. Well, then you just need there, to make a bag so that you understand there, it there, is better. Yeah, so there, there was a, a period of time um, where I was homeless briefly after college, too. So I've been there, too. And I, I absolutely can sympathize with that. Um, but I, I, uh, I can, can also tell you that um, the cure for that depression uh, was, was being busy and overcoming challenges. Whereas when I had time to continually sit and wallow, it turned into a giant you know self-pity um masturbation session where it, things just got worse you know and I, and I wasn't a productive person or improving in any way oh, you switched so. to an internal locus of control it sounds like which is very that like switching your philosophy to so that you're the one in control of your life is is very very healing and powerful yeah i had a really good shrink when i was 21 22 the one who administered the iq test too so Kareem, were you going to say something earlier? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Some Kareem. comment way back. <laughs> we Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to ask, uh, Sefi, on the uh, CCIP atomic swaps, how is that different from ThorChain streaming swaps? Oh, um, like, uh, hmm. I'm not sure. Um, hmm. CCIP, like, is more just cross-chain messaging more than it is, like, swaps, I guess. But I guess... I don't know. It functions the same way, I suppose. Um, but the the big difference is is that with CCIP, any chain that connects it, you can now convert. Like like let's say you have um, CCIP that Arbitrum is connected to, and let's say for example, Thorchain implements CCIP also. You'd be able to send a coin, let's say Arbitrum, over to Thorchain and back without having any further bridging in between. If that makes sense. Like there's no like that's it's both the bridge and the layer zero where the coin sort of lives while it transits. It's an interesting kind of analogy. It's almost very similar to like think of Chainlink today as like the subway system under New York City, where each of the buildings is a blockchain or a stock market or whatever, and then you have all these tunnels underneath. That's how it you should picture it in your head, I think. But anyway, um, yeah, but I'm not exactly sure me mechanically how they're exactly different or whatever but um oh and by the way drew like the the key thing for you now is like the way not to fumble your bag i am not touching anything now like we're at that cusp of like what looks like just kind of the potential exponential takeoff in crypto and therefore this is not the time to be about doing a bunch of trading in my view like most really? people should have their bag and just hold the fucking thing now i have what i are, have a bag of a cash that i was thinking about selling and swapping into like like either link 
or uh, I don't know, maybe something with a little bit higher return potential. Um, so that would be a mistake. I don't know. Like mm, I and did Axelar con- too. Like Kasha is doing well at the moment, by the way. So if you were going to yeah. sell it, you're well into the green. So you're fine if you did. Are you going to make a higher multiple on Link? I don't know, but it's definitely a safer multiple. Because Akash, when it crashes, it's going to crash bad. Because that fucking thing's not worth a billion, you know, nearly a, you know, like whatever it's yeah, worth. no way. Exactly. No, it's not worth those crazy money, right? Like $600 million or whatever. So those numbers are just funny money. And so if you're asking me, like, okay, how do you preserve your wealth and just make sure it mostly goes up? Than something like a chain link. So I switched my Akash to, um, I converted it to, um, uh, what did I buy with it? Um, yeah, I converted to my Akash, which is just like a modest bag of, like, I didn't have too much actually. And I converted it to, um, like, Adam, I think, and I shipped it off to, um, and I bought Zephyr when it was down at like 11 bucks or whatever. Um, nice. So yeah, I just kind I of like. I was thinking about Kuji, maybe swapping it for Kuji, because my Kuji bag is down slightly. It's down about 10% right now. Yeah, Kuji's down uh, about, about, like, it's not a bad price right now. It's down about, like, from 550 down to, like, 350 So you probably could, but, like. Um, or the Shido project that I told you about, I think that. <laughs> Maybe I know less about I know more. less about that from a technical perspective. But. Right, it's it's basically say with a lower market cap and fair launch, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have a, a whole bunch of uh, VCs waiting to dump on you. No, it's like, a little faster than say too. For, for sure, what's going to happen is like the fact that I bought so much link. Um, it's I didn't buy that much of it because I felt like it had the highest multiple. Right, like you know, like obviously micro caps or whatever are going to have higher multiples. But also a lot of mid-cap stuff like um, Injective and Akash and whatever else. They ran already quite a lot this year. And my worry would be that like they lag the same way Chainlink lagged after it's run in 2020. So there's no guarantee that like when people say, oh, it's running, it's going to keep running. There really isn't. So I was like, eh, like, you know, maybe I'll take some stuff. And like if it does, even some of it, if it only does a 2 or 3x, like, uh, you know, let's say it's a really shitty year for Litecoin or something. And it only does a three X. That's still really good, you know. Considering like some of the stuff I rotated out already went up, but like the chain link buys, that's a different level of conviction. That's like okay, like what is my worst case scenario there? Okay, let's say I put a million bucks in chain link. Let's make up a number here, and I buy a whole bunch, and then like it goes down to, like could it go down to test ten bucks again, which is the breakout level from the like last two years it's possible but it's just unlikely given where btc is now so to me it's like if i buy Chainlink today to me it's like rock solid like even if it drops to like 16 or 15 14 who cares it's going to come back up for sure right it's one of those deals so then like you know i can sit on it wait and be comfortable so my average there is about 12 it's sitting at about 21 right now. So now it's like well into the green. I don't have to really worry about it. And the odds that it's going to go back to 10 bucks in the next bear market are very, very low, right? Like these things will usually put in a new high and then find some new low. So let's say the new low is, you know, 40 bucks or 30 bucks. Who knows what it's going to be? I think the new future low is higher than it is what my price is now. So therefore, like I can go in with size here not have to use any leverage or nothing just hold spot and just leave it there for however long is necessary yeah so you miss selling the top you're still yeah yeah you want to be early enough to where you can be a colossal fuck up and still do well (laughs) right like that's the key like being early lets you make lots of mistakes that's that's a big thing and then it's like okay what do i do once it starts running so let's say 
Chainlink's going to go to 140, 250, 500, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know where the top's going to be. I have no idea. Um, if Bitcoin seems to be running in a gigascent, like this is the biggest year for Bitcoin ever, meaning like ETFs and the whole fucking nine yards, you're going to like 250, 500K Bitcoin, something insane, right? Like if it does something like that, I'll just keep holding all my bags because liquidity is going to be like everywhere, right? Chainlink, Ethereum, it doesn't matter what you have, it's going to moon like crazy, right? Because that means money's coming in through ETFs and whatever the fuck else. The whole market's going nuts. So you're That's, using it as a measuring stick because it's probably yeah. going to peak earlier than everything else, right? Yeah, or just use it as a yardstick. Like, where are we looking at approximately? And if it has some gigasend run, you know the alter just can absolutely go crazy. In which case, I can go to the higher FIB extensions on something like a chain link or whatever, right? And if it looks like, well, like, let's say I'm doing really well. I might bought, like, my, my average chain link price is $12. I put a lot of money in. If I do a 10x over 120, should I just hold on to it or just sell at that point? Maybe I don't care what the rest of the market does. Who really gives a shit? Because if you sell there, right? And let's say something else, some new projects show up, like whatever, like a dimension or whatever. Some new thing shows up. You only have to take 10% of your earnings, throw it in something else that is now like, you know, a micro cap and then 10x that bitch. And then now you're, you know, like that 10, 10% became equivalent to the size of your previous bag you that you just made. So like, this is the reason why you want to like capital preserve. The goal here is not to get like the perfect top and all that shit. None of that matters. Cause like, think about it in stocks. If you were like getting a three X on something within like, I don't know, six months, you're pretty fucking greedy not to sell honestly. Right. Oh yeah. But in here we think that's like normal. Like, oh, it's, it is. you, you got to hold for a 10x, 100x, whatever. You don't have to. Like, you just think about what you're going to do with it and go, wait a minute. Like, I don't have like, an, you know, excess wealth to be fucking around. Go ahead and make your 5x or 10, you know, whatever it is, and then exit and then do that again one more time. Now you have a 25x, right? As opposed to like trying yeah. to find the perfect 25x somewhere, just sometimes more absurd. So the okay. less gambling way to do it is kind of like, take reasonable multiples and get out before anyone else gives a shit and then go find something else. And then you do research to figure out where that money is going to be deployed. And again, do it carefully the next time, maybe do it during a, either a bear market or during a new coin launch. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Like, like multiple, every single one I got this year, TSA and dimension, all of them were like two to three X and I got out. Like I didn't even worry about it too much. Um, Cause like, who cares? Yeah, see, my, my one point of hesitancy with swinging later on in the cycle is because yeah, in, of course. in the last, yeah, the last two that I've been in, right. The end of the double top and the last one. Well, swinging is one thing. Swing and be like just selling. But if you rotate yeah. into something else when it's running hot, then you got to be super careful. Right. Right. Cause it, it needs to be something either absolutely brand new with like really fundamental, like fair launch valuations. Or you know what? You just wait. You just put the money aside. Money market accounts right now pay 5% interest. Dump it in that. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. And then you just make interest off that money until however long. And then when you find that like some really, really good setup comes up, then you buy something. So like the best way to handle this would be like a multi-year approach with like a very cautious approach with the next, this coming year, like really like this next six to nine months is where I'm suspecting, and I, again, I could be wrong, but this is where I think we gigascend, and like this is the place where I'm not touching anything anymore. I've got my Link, okay. my Kuji, my Zephyr, whatever, I'm just letting it ride now and just see what happens. And I think that, right. I think I'm going to turn out fine doing that, is my guess. But, but you're, you're, I mean, you think it's okay maybe to sell that Akash bag for something else? Mm, yeah, well, so, so Akash, like, Akash, it has, like, if we have a giga bull market, 
it has been running literally parabolic since like last yeah. year. The thing is, has it has it like are new buyers going to come in and buy that top off of you? That's the question you're going to have to ask yourself. And if the answer is yeah, like okay, there's a you know prior high was eight dollars. The next Fib extension is twenty four. Could it actually run to twenty four and just absolutely send? Maybe. Is this is the coin worth that if it reaches that? Oh hell no, right? It's like it's such an extreme speculative multiple that like it's going to dump at any time and. The question is like, do you want safety now because you felt like you made good money in Akash, or would you rather like ride it to Valhalla? And that's those yeah, are two different things. And that's the thing. So I'm already at a double on it, and 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 I'm 100 percent going to take your advice and just hold here. Because here's the thing, like, let, out, let's but... say let's say you were like nervous about the thing. You let's say you you're like I don't know, maybe it doesn't run any further. If you sold it now, you've made a double. And if you put it in something relatively safe in terms of like valuation, which would be probably like something like Link, still has like plenty of upside. You could still get a 10x again, but you could just exit at a 5x and you're still at a 10x, right? Like, you know, you, you don't like there's nothing to it. So with Akash, I, I got nervous. I sold my Akash. Like I sold it like 320 because like I was up, I don't remember, maybe 2x or so myself. But I had that sucker for like three years or whatever. I've had it like ridiculous amount of time. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Like the AI narrative, the cloud computer narrative, that's all wonderful. But like the revenue that that platform makes is like in the several thousand bucks. It's not like per day. It's not anything making this thing work $600 million. So the coin is worth obscene amounts of excess. So then like, yeah, if you bought a Kasha 20 cents and now you have it at 320, you did great. But would someone walk? the situation now see the price of a cost and go oh yeah that's a good value i'm gonna buy that now that's what you have to ask yourself right and then like if the answer is i don't know it's really super high valued for what it is you can probably find something more undervalued and be like safer so just kind of keep that in mind i don't know and but you know i could say all this and then you swap to something and it turns out that like you know Akash runs and goes to twenty four dollars or some bullshit, and you're like, whoops, you know, like I wish I held it. So that's all you're always going to feel that's, like that. That's usually my luck, but the fact that I'm, I'm that's up, you know, I, I'm up to you know two hundred percent of my original investment on it makes me feel a little bit better about it because sure, because you have room to be wrong at least in this environment. Yeah, even um, if it starts dipping, it doesn't do as well as you think. You still have but, room but to be wrong. But you personally, if you and, and I know it's not financial advice, I would never. Be that much of a scumbag that I'd hold you. Yeah, to like, I mean, you I were the one sold mine right now. I sold mine. Yeah, at three twenty yeah. ish, and I said okay, and I swapped. I happened to swap mine into Zephyr at like when it was like twelve bucks. So I'm ahead by doing so. And like while Akash was dipping, so was Zephyr, but Zephyr dipped more, right? So like its retracement was deeper. So I was like, my yeah. upside's higher now. So I was like, all right, let's go for it. Let's swap it. I was kind of iffy on it anyway at Akash's valuation. So I'm like, let's swap it. And it worked out fine. But like, you know. Um, so so like, if you weren't going to put it into Zeph, would you put it into Link? Because I'm probably yes. not going to add much more to my Zeph bag. Pretty much every huge. piece of dust I could find, I literally dumped into Link today. Like the rest of it. Whatever I could find that I didn't give a shit about, I'm like, let's sell that and jump it in Link. Yeah, This like, is going to sound like the weirdest thing. Um, but like. It's almost a point of pride for me right now that my my average link buy price is twelve dollars, and I bought a whole bunch at seven and eight. Um, yeah, so you're perfect. So, you don't want yeah, to mess should, with it too much. Exactly. Should I? Let I added. That I added go? a bunch. I had a whole bunch of fifteen that that jumped me to twelve, and then like I added a bit more at 
a little bit at 20 because I had some dust here and there. I'm like, I dug up all my random dust and junk wallets and just said, I want to clean all this mess up. I dumped the remainder into Link because I figured like it's really, really easy to get to like prior high for Link. So I'm like, it's such a straightforward 2x at this point that I'm like, whatever, let's just gather up all the dust, dump it in, be done with it. Now my bags are pretty much packed. I'm not going to mess with anything anymore. Um, there's not really a need to touch anything else. But like, but my, but that's because like my goal is like for Link at least is like, uh, you know, 140 nominal. Um, if, you know, if the market like prices it correctly. And then if it has an ETH run, which would be like that 5,000% gain off the bottom or whatever, then you're talking about like, you know, running from like whatever $5 at the bottom all the way to like maybe 500 bucks or something ridiculous. So I calculated it on my thing and I'm like, um, and then I kind of coincided those runs with FIB levels. And so like, can it do an ETH run? I don't know about that. Like, you know, because the reality is like, it doesn't have the network effect of ETH, right? Like all the projects right. on it and everything. So I'm like, okay, let's say it does like part of that. Let's say it goes to 140 or 250 or something and then fine, right? I'll, uh, so that was kind of my thesis. But the the thing is like, if we're have a $12 average, right? Like even 120, it'd be really, really good. So without getting greedy, you know, you make your 10X or maybe not even 10. Like what if you said, well, you know what? I'm just going to get out when it get, reaches prior high. And no matter how high it goes, I don't care. That's another option, right? So like, it just depends on like what you feel comfortable with as far as like return on investment. It doesn't really matter. So, so my, my hypothesis, and again, as a relative amateur, since everybody here knows my story like better than my own fucking parents after this space, um, my, my hypothesis was to, if I can get to like a 4X, since I took out that loan that now everybody fucking knows about, um, when if I get to a 4X, I, I'd pour, pull out the original investment on something like Link or Zephyr, and then throw it uh, at those loan funds, so I no yeah, longer pay have off that the liability. Line. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then just exactly. see how it rides out from there. Maybe yeah, pull that's half that's out the that's the smart thing to do. Is just like uh, figure out the point at which you're like, okay, I'm paying off the loan. Wh whatever happens, happens after that. Yeah, that's the smart yeah. thing. Yeah, Obviously. my friend has been saying when it doubles, but you know, a little bit of greed splashed in there on my part. Either that or, or desperation for the you know the student loan payments that commence on the twenty fourth. So, <laughs> yeah right now if you need right. the money like yeah that's a different <laughs> i'll thing. be fine man listen i'm, I'm you know just got to get a, a few more sales in there but yeah yeah, yeah. no i think like that's that's the key is like um like i think there's a pretty decent chain link thesis for me and so it's my like conviction large scale bag and then i have other stuff like Kuji and Zeff and stuff that could outperform. In fact, they could become even larger than that if they do really, really well. But that's just like pie in the do sky. Do you really sort of think Kuji can, can, I mean, five to $10 billion market cap? I mean, that's fucking huge. Remember, like, remember the previous bill market, like everything went to crazy numbers like that's that. That's true, but it, it just so. doesn't, it, I like Kuji. I like it a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't have it. It's, it's like my fifth largest position. Uh, or fourth largest, but uh, I, the I'm way just... to think of it is like in a in a full on bull market, anything with any even a modicum of legitimacy is going to tend to perform well. That's the way to think about it. Like new buyers yeah, will show it, up. Does it whatever. have the mimetic effect? Right. No, like, it doesn't have much mimetic effect. No, for sure it does not. And that's, that's that would be my word. that would be my concern yeah. for sure. Like Chainlink has way way better like dude shield, fucking shield Sage cartel. does. Like, like yeah. that's the thing. Like, like when it has an <laughs> attached meme coin, like 
like Bonk saved uh, Solana, right? Cock, you know, as, as funny as it might sound, COQ, that might, you know, help propel AVAX along with the, the gaming meme. Mm, um, possibly. And then Say has Say in, like, they, man, did they ever fucking play that smart? I, I, having, I, don't, having... I, don't know if, I don't know if those little meme coins and things make that much difference, like for the layer one. I think, like, long overall, like, um, the layer ones have it, a lot it def- of like, it definitely competition. gives people something to talk about, right? And it and, does. And with uh, a, a lot of the younger people in this space, I think that it, it, uh, um, it at least grabbing their attention and, 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 you know, creating some kind of a like, like cult meme esque loyalty to the, the chain has yeah. an effect. Jazz, you're going to so, say something? Sorry. Jazz, you there? Not sure if you can hear or what. Jasmine, you there? Maybe not. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I go rabbit hole mode pretty. No, easily. but but like yeah, you're right. Like so, my Kuji bag is not as big as my Zephyr because one, it's a bigger market cap, and two, it's because of all the reasons you just mentioned. Like, does it have the same, you know, attraction of new money? Do people care about it enough? to push the price up, you know, to whatever valuations. Um, but I, I would say that's just mostly <laughs> our disbelief talking in that, like, when alts send, like, the market caps of these things, at least temporarily, go to insane numbers, like, that don't make any sense at all. So, like, a $5 billion market cap on Kuji would not be unremarkable at all in that sense. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Um, not only that, but Drew, like the thing is, let's say I'm wrong about Kuji. Let's say it doesn't do this, and let's say you know maybe it underperforms, it, maybe it drops, and then you know we have to go through another bear market with it. At least Kujira, like it's a quality project, and you can be comfortable being a bag holder on it, right? Yeah, that's now, true. If you need the money immediately to pay off a loan. That's a different story. So no, no, you're no, sort no, of on no, leverage in a sense. No, I, I'm pretty confident that I'll I'll be able to get, you know knock that out. The the thing for me is I I just would like to have a little bit of extra liquidity uh, for the next the next bear market. I'm I'm not playing right. this like a, a one cycle get rich kind of thing. It's yeah, uh, yeah. just you know, almost even, be even to get another investment property. So. Yeah, the smartest thing to do is like plan for the next bear market right now. That's the, that's the way to go. Like wh- like when these things top out. What does a 90% retracement look like? What does an 80% retracement look like? Start marking out those targets, setting alarms on everything, and then just only get things when they hit those alarms pretty much, and that pretty much covers it. Yeah, um, so I haven't, I haven't been looking at this as, um, uh, maybe, maybe I've been looking at it incorrectly, but essentially I've, I've put my start line as November, right? So I already had you know, the 4X multiple, um, three 4X multiple on my, my bear market bag, by October. So I've got like a little over a hundred grand, if you include the loan as of November, vested in crypto. If I get a 10X, that'd be fucking amazing, especially if I don't have to pay all short-term capital gains. Um, I kind of doubt that's going to happen because it's impossible to pick the top, even if most of these projects do 10 or 20X. But if I can even get to like half or three quarters of that number, right, at like a five to seven and a half X, I'd be pretty happy. Uh, going into the next run again, I'm not not trying to become, you know, Cephy level rich in one fucking run. Like that's that's retarded. You know, that, Jazz was trying to say something. Jazz, are you connected now? Sorry, Jazz. Uh, I I switched to my phone. Can you hear me yeah. now? Yeah, you're good now, man. 
Okay. Goddamn heads up. Um. Uh. Anyway, Drew, I got a show for you. Let's hear. It. Uh, well, sir, uh, you, surely you've heard of like, uh, like Rune and Cacao, right? Oh yeah. I was gonna say my. I I did something similar to Sefi, uh. In- you guys still there? I think Jazz, you disconnected Shit. a sec. <laughs> Damn, it's always right. It's always He's just right about to say something. <laughs> it happens with you too. I think it's my internet connection sometimes. Can you hear me now? Like, yeah, you're yep, back. Got you. Okay. Um, sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, so I did something similar to Sefi in the like the downturn where I like just concentrated into like a couple things. So basically, like, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure my percentages are similar to his. So I'm like 60 to 70 percent chain leak. I'm like around 15 percent Zeph. But then my other bag is cacao, um, and so uh, I like it because there's there's almost like it, it's it, it's not like a perfect analogy, but it, there's kind of a floor built in, if you will, ish in terms of the kind of the base value of the thing. And yeah, that yes, it's just like it'll it's just like ruin in that respect. Exactly. Like it'll drop when the market drops, but like there's a certain, yeah, there's a certain value where it's right. Right. Exactly. Where there's a certain value where people can like look at it straight up and be like, Oh, like this is a good deal on this coin where there's not the, actually that many coins where you can do that with. Um, so exactly. like, you're, I think there's like downside, kind of, your downside is kind of defined basically. Yeah, exactly. So I think it has like this certain built in reflexivity where it's like, regardless of, how much like raw attention it gets if everything in the market moves it'll go up a good amount as well um and then you know so i think rune or cacao are like a pretty decent choice if you were to rotate some of the akash um well, i have rune, rune and cacao are basically like leverage bets on uh, exactly the the main coins within that like liquidity yeah. pools yep yep so like that's that's a pretty good comfy place to park my money and like to Sefi's point or to y'all's point earlier, you know, I, I'm, I will, <laughs> I have a hard time holding things packs with past like a three or four X. My, my risk management radar just goes out you know, <laughs> uh, uh, like crazy. So I, I, my goal was to pick stuff that I could be comfortable at night, like sleeping through holding a five X or six X, right. To, to hopefully get to something like an eight to 10 X. That was kind of the way I frame my portfolio. It's like, cause sure you can invest in like random shit and, you know, maybe at 50 X, but there's no way I'm going to hold to that. Another way to look at it is like, if there's a very high probability of a 10 X, then, and, and, and like, you go, okay, well, I don't even want to mess with figuring out if it goes there. I'm just going to get out of 5X. It's completely rational. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are good multiples either way, right? Like, so, yep. so if, like, let's say Link's top capability is, like, let's say it can go to 250 bucks. you know, should I just sell it at 140 and call it a day at, like, the, that FIB extension? And then, like, whatever it goes higher, it does. Like, I did that with Tesla. I bought yep. Tesla at, like, 110 or 176 or something. Sold it at, like, I don't know, 177. It went off to like 300, but like, you know, and now it's back to like 183. So I didn't get the perfect sell, but like, so what? Like I was in the green and then I can always use that money and buy something else. 
Yeah. So, and I think so. laddering, laddering out, like just like you ladder in helps, helps a ton with yeah. that. Cause it's like a lot of the time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you like either hit the top or close to it, but it's also okay to sell on the way down a little bit when you're still up five to seven X or whatever. Right. So yeah, like the, the, at, the, C, the CTO Larson, like, like momentum training model. Right. Yeah. So, so I've thought about that too. So what if uh, let's just continue using a 10 X as a hypothetical. Cause that's, yep. you know, it's a good number. It's easy. So you, you sell half at, at your 5x. So even if it goes up to 10x, the maximum you're going to have is a 7.5x. Maybe right. it goes up to 10x and you get greedy, maybe it'll go to 15, but it doesn't and it starts crashing back down. Um, you use the, you know, the Larson line, right? Fucking momentum trading method. <laughs> and you see that it's like, hey, lines turn blue and, and yep. you get out there. You, you're, still, you're still above your, your 5x. Right. The remainder of that that money, right? So right. I thought maybe that's that's another method to do this. But the fear that I have is maybe it goes to a five X and I sell half and then it just fucking shits the bed, right? It 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 goes straight down via FTX crash or or <laughs> crash. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, at that point, you know, half your money five X is still a two and a half X, it's still a positive return. So maybe that's not so bad, but I, I do think that I'm going to end up laddering out of some of these, and then I'm still going to just hold a moon bag for each each of them um, through the yeah. next, next bear run. So like Zeph, I'll probably hold a moon bag for that. Or remember, mm-hmm. like when you ladder out, the other thing is like it's very very common on the way up for these things to dip forty percent, right? Like that's always yeah. a given. So Definitely. what can also happen is you could you could have said okay I laddered out ten percent or fifty percent or whatever, but it could be relatively early in the cycle still and you get a forty percent dip and you're like ooh nice I can just get my get more coin now. So sometimes the laddering out leads to sort of like you getting lucky and um, you know you're able to get actual more coin. So like let's some people what they do is they'll like they almost get to the point where they double the amount of coins they have on the way up and that way if they dump fifty percent they're still neutral. So it's kind of like they really can ride it all the way up because they're ahead because of they they did this. So yeah, yeah. I t- I told you in the last space the the one big risk play fantasy that I have in my head is that um, Zephyl hit like one thirty or two hundred and top out, start consolidating for a couple of days, and I'll sell that shit. And we all know that it, at its next top, it's going to have a massive fucking retrace, right? And then maybe <laughs> it loses fifty percent, and I jump back in at the bottom of that. But that's such a risky play, and I've proven that I'm bad at this so well, far. Well, re- remember, if you have a fifty percent retracement, let's just take an example. You're not going to pick the exact top. And you're not going to pick the exact buy back. So yeah. in retrospect, it's like, oh, there's a 50% dip. I would have gotten double the coins or some BS like this. But that's not realistic. No, Realistically, you, you might have gotten 20% extra, maybe. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the, assuming there, yeah, you, that you pick these things almost. Like if you pick the tops and bottoms reasonably well, you get 20%. You're not going to get the whole move. But that 20% doubles as it goes back up, man. Right, so right. If you're looking at it versus your original principle. Sure. And what I'm saying is like those numbers are never the 40% or 50% retracement. Totality. Yeah, no way. No way. The, the, the one thing I've learned after watching so after being in so many coins is patience pays so much on both sides of, of, of the equation. So when both sides of the trend call it right. So like if you get good buys in like, Patience in, in the thing starts an uptrend. You just got to be able to sell in your hands. I've lost, I, I could have made a lot more money than I have 
just sitting on my hands in this. And again, the same thing goes uh, when, it, when it's clear that the thing is, is starting its move down. It's like patience is a virtue in terms of buying back in too. So it's like, that, that's the one thing people don't have a lot of in the, in the space. Right. But it, again, time and time again, to, it, 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 it pays in the charts. If you, you know, in hind, of course, hindsight 2020, but again, just, just being patient is like the biggest thing I've learned. And so that, well, that's what I'm took, trying to do. It took like two years for or two and a half years or whatever it was to get to this point. Like, it's not like yeah. this sort of run was some kind of fluke or whatever. Like we have like right. a year and a half consolidation on something like Chainlink between five yeah. and, and hey, 10 bucks. Listen, to my credit, this, this time around, I've been here through the bear market. I've been yep. waiting this out and thinking of it on a long fucking time scale. Exactly. Whereas in 2018, I fucking dipped, you know, I, so I, I've, I've waited this one out for sure. So well, because yeah, and that, that's absolutely where you want to be. And now your goal is to not get bear market PTSD, right? Like, <laughs> in the, like <laughs> because the thing it's real and I, 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 you know, experience it all the time, but it's just like, and, and again, that's why investing in, in quality stuff allows you to evade that a little bit better. Because if it's something where it's like, you know, you invested it just because it was like a low end cap and you think it could moon, it's like you're, the temptation to sell out a three or four X or whatever is going to be a lot higher than, than just sitting on your hands. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Anyway, cacao rune slash rune, I think both are solid places to park, especially if you think the market's going to generally trend up over the next like six to 12 months. Um, well, but, I've, I've got I've got my rune bag. I suppose I can add to it. I mean, you see it right in my bio links F rune Cheeto. Cacao is um, basically so, like the the like smaller market cap version of rune, more or less. Yeah. So like cacao is like seventy three million fully diluted. I I don't I don't I don't I don't know where to find circulating supply information. Probably on some kind of like Maya protocol website somewhere. But like yeah, I I I don't know. I think I think there's a decent shot that cacao could outperform rune by like a factor of two or something this cycle yeah, just, just because mean, we've got some interesting integrations we had we had yeah. the maya protocol guy on here uh what a week ago sefi he was talking yeah. about integrating kuji so i i guess if they're a little bit more liberal with the projects that they start yep. integrating yeah you know maybe, i think they, maybe they have kuji already right am i wrong they have kuji yeah. that that's like yeah. their big uh that one and i think they integrated dash i don't know who actually cares about that anymore but like uh, other For, than that privacy they, is it privacy yeah, yeah. i didn't know yeah, that they're, they're okay. working on it they i don't think they have dash yet do they okay maybe not but yeah kuji kuji is like the big one that because they have bitcoin and eth and stuff but like uh is the big one they have that room does not and then i know they're working on like arbitrum but yeah to your point they're they're going to be integrating some like the higher beta type stuff so sort of it's it's like it's like runes more experimental little brother with a little bit higher upside is kind of the way i see it maybe um you know again not not to say rune can't go to like 25 30 plus bucks but i think from this point, it's probably easier for the cacao to make a run to say like four or five bucks, um, and for for that for that kind of a you know multiple or whatever. So, kind of yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that, but I, I genuinely think that Rune's going to see thirty bucks this cycle. I, I, think I can believe it. Yeah, I mean, it hit twenty one last time. Twenty five. It, it it hit twenty five on on like a one day candle. I mean, that's pretty hard to find in the charts. Let me pull up trading view. 
Of course, you got to keep things like, you know, circulating supply and market cap and stuff into account because like back then, obviously, it was a lot fewer tokens. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I still believe it could, you know, achieve all time highs, even even in terms of market cap. But the, the nice thing is it has a nice cult following this time. Yep. A nice sizable one, too. You know, the, the thing um, that like is the big X factor for this season is what we don't really know is like, you know, w- without sort of you know, a lot of retail investors with like, that are, you know, with stimulus checks, whatever, there's that cash flow mm-hmm. thing. How much does that impact all this? And then this, and then the second part is on the flip side of that, we don't know like these ETF flows, how crazy they could get. Cause if you just look at like Nvidia and a bunch of other things and like the speculative multiples they've commanded, AMD has gotten ridiculous. Um, it's quite possible that you see a lot of that stock market flow as people exit that, they're like, ooh, Bitcoin's running. They're going to swap into, into BTC. So there's a lot of money in the stock market that can move like in, in a, on a dime and jump right. into it if it, you know, once you break high and everything else. So like we may be like drastically us, us underestimating how much money can come in through ETFs because we've yep. gotten so jaded because like what, what jaded me about BTC last time was it really irritated me that it didn't make it to like – you know, uh, log scale multiples to get to like 150k and stuff. It actually didn't perform that great, in my opinion. Like, like I it mean, seemed, like people make it sound that like, all, huh? wasn't that all caused by by like uh, wasn't wasn't that like Musk and the Dogecoin thing and everything? All the momentum just kind of fucking stopped. What what fucked that? Well, up? no. What, what happened was is like there was a lot of leverage in the system. So what we thought was like, oh, it's a super cycle, and it's like there's like you know all this adoption and shit. What it really was was just a lot of like leverage upon leverage with Genesis, DCG, Three Arrows Capital, FTX, and everyone's yeah. lending to each other. And they pumped the whole market into some ridiculous like frenzy. But like there really wasn't that much real capital in it, obviously, which is why BTC dumped to oblivion again at like 15K or something. And so it had like really, really embarrassing performance considering like it didn't even like hold up its 2017 high of 20K. It was really, really bad performance. So like, um, what the question this time is, is does the ETF change a situation? Does it make it more like gold back in the day when it you know, gold five X or whatever after the ETF? Um, and it launched into like the thousand plus range from like, I think it was $200 from gold. And, you know, is it going to do that to BTC is the big question. So y'all, y'all know who Anthony Pompliano is, right? Yeah. 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 He was on so I, like the other day. Yeah. 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 You, you might've seen it. So I, I reposted a video uh, that, is like a short segment on uh, CNBC, but basically, so some very interesting stats around that. So first of all, like these are the first like ETFs to reach uh, like I forgot the size, like four, three or four billion or something like that ever. Yeah, like record breaking, and inflows are like at I don't know four hundred to five hundred million a day, while incoming supply is like Bitcoin supply is like you know maybe a tenth of that, and then uh uh. You know, of course, like a, something like seventy to eighty percent of Bitcoin is is it, circulating Bitcoin is not even being traded. So it's like, it, to your point, Sefi, I think it, there, there's some element of perhaps some PTSD there, where, where it's like the we've been saying the institutions are coming for so long, and now that they're actually here, like that 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 element of it yeah, might we're, be we're, getting we're, a little bit underrated. Disbelief. Yeah, we may exactly. be disbelief, and they were like, exactly. oh, it's not really going to pump that much. It's just going to be yeah. here. If the last run was so fueled by leverage from from some of these institutions and they're no longer here, do we have that 
that same level of capital readily available that's that's the thing that makes me kind of yeah the the big question here is has has all this last couple of years led to enough real cash coming into the ecosystem and backing all of this and then subsequently like the etfs you know etf like volumes and inflows are really good data though because it's like really obvious what's going on and like the a the odds of reaching prior high to btc now that we have all these new catalysts is pretty much a given the question is like when you know how quickly that happened i suspect it could be happening within like within the next couple of months after that like how much more inflows are going to come in you know from the trillions of stock market or whatever the hell you know people talk about like i don't know that number but here's the thing if we underestimate that right and we are in largely alts that we're interested in like you know having them go up and we underestimate that we may sell way too early Right. Exactly. So I, think, I think the thing is, if you start seeing decelerating flows into the BTC ETFs and all that, and, and then you start seeing like, um, you know, maybe like blow off top type activity in terms of like the crypto True. retail people, right? Like we haven't seen almost anybody new show up yet. No. And there were, there like, were no, been... there were no crypto Super Bowl ads this year. Think about that. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, like they, compared, they, compared to 21 and 22. avoided that this time. Yeah. That, that was a big, that. that was a huge top signal. That's because all the companies that could put out an ad have closed. <laughs> yeah. That's the other problem. <laughs> Except Coinbase, I guess. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's, there was that top signal, but yeah, like next year, um, like, so is this going to be a year and a half type of thing where, you know, like it takes a period of, it always takes a period of time for newbies to show up. We know that. And my yep. bellwether still is like if Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash and all this other shit mm-hmm. goes up, then that yep. means they are showing up. So to me, like those would pump late. My hope is this, like my hope is that nobody touches Litecoin. <laughs> like it doesn't go up for now. And then like, let's say we gigascend on Chainlink. Let's say within like, I don't know. Let's say within six months, you're at 120 buck chain link. Let's say something like that happens. Then I'm out of that and I'm going to go, guys, get some Litecoin <laughs> because if it hasn't moved, then yeah. it's the perfect thing to dump into at a store of value like price. But it probably won't play out that way. I bet it'll moon before. Like LTC will probably run with everything else. But my hope was that no one's going to notice. <laughs> like I can go yeah, and dump and it in you there. You can get your 5X on top of your 10X. <laughs> yeah, I can go get like another two, just like just a 2X. Or just free, a 2X. Free, free, uh, free gravy to top the cycle off kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Because like why try to get like, let's say Chainlink's going to go to 250, right? Like is it easier to get like a 10X and then dump it into something that's going to 2X? Or is it like easier to pick the top on a 20X? Right? That's the problem. Right. So like, you know, and here's the thing, like in a bear market, it's very easy to get a 2x, like very easy, like you basically find some swing and ride it up again. And off you go because you wait for everything to retrace like what 80, 90, 80% or more. And then you watch closely, you scale in, you get to the bottom, and then you let it pump, you know, min 2x, like remember, like when Chainlink goes like, seven and it went to 10 or 12 or whatever right so then you just get out and then you just do that once or twice maybe and then you have the same effect so there's no need to like make a perfect trade in the bull markets just not no Uh, do you deal with like a really significant amount of slippage when you're selling like an exorbitant amount of a particular token maybe maybe it's crass for me to assume not for your not for link Not for something with a large market cap and highly liquid, like a chain link or something, but yes, if you like like a Zephyr or something, oh my God, if you, you know, that's why you have to plan that out carefully as well. Like if you have a lot of it. Um, so smaller market yeah, cap Yeah, there, there are, 
I would probably be scared to see the number of wallets that could put it like a 8% dent in the prices F at any given point. <laughs> um, Honestly, mine's probably one of them. No, I, I, I can't. I, I'm, yeah. I'm saying this as someone with that size of a bag. So if I'm like, if, yeah, I, I, if could, I have I that, I know they're. Yeah, I could definitely put a dent in that. I was even <laughs> to buy too much of it, in fact, because like if I bought too much at once, it was just obviously moving the price. So it's like yeah, a that's, lot. That's where ZSD comes in. Cause you can offload yeah. ZSD on it. I love that concept too. I mean, it's just yeah. such an elegant concept. Um, are, jazz are either is... of you guys, are either of you guys familiar with like the new NFT infrastructure uh, through like Bozo or like SLP 20 or ERC 404? No, where they've solved like they've solved the slippage problem with oh, these really? deflationary NFTs. You can swap from the token to the nft for the same amount um no matter what the price is so people will buy a bunch of tokens in the nft and it deflates and they'll swap into the token and and they have no slippage even moving like like whale amounts back in or yeah so selling. like what you'll be able to do on zephyr is like let's say i don't know let's say it's a 400 bucks and you're like i want to sell this thing um, but the thing is, if you just go to Mexi or somewhere and try to sell a whole bunch, they, they probably don't have that liquidity yet. So what happens right. is you'll go try to sell and, and it'll sort of, you know, try to dump on you. So what you can do is like, um, you can basically convert it to like, you, I mean, you'll still get some loss because you'll have the, the effect the, fee, of the, the fee plus like the moving average, you know, differential. Yeah. So right. you might you might lose some there, but the thing is, like, if you're well enough ahead, like, let's say you're at you're happy at two hundred dollars effort, you're like, okay, I want to convert this. Even if you lose some there, so what? Because like, you know, um, you're not riding to the perfect top anyway. So you lose some, under, no. you just lose some, whatever. Now you're in ZSD. So then, like, if Zef continues to run up, okay, great, no big deal. If Zef drops, then you can definitely like. Um, just kind of wait it out. You can get back your Zeph like within your within the system, and then you can go and like convert that Zeph slowly to whatever you want over a longer period of time, right? So, you, so in other words, you do ZSD to Zeph only when you want to actually cash some of it out into something else, and you could do that over like however long you need to. Do, do we have any semi concrete info around if there are going to be other like CX listings for Zeph or ZSD? Um, producer was kept mentioning that there's some sort of tier one listing coming soon. So I wonder if that's going to be like a KuCoin or somebody. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know if KuCoin's going to risk that with everything that's going on with the privacy narrative. It's do they have? Do they have privacy coins now? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, they do they probably have XMR, do, but but Zcash, people have been. Whatever. It has to be the Fat F and FinCEN that are gunning for these guys. Um, probably. with all these deep, like recent delistings. Yeah, probably for it's like what would even be what would even be like equal or slightly better than Mexi at this point, as far as a listing is concerned. That's my question. I think one of them, uh, some of the guys were talking this morning about one called, um, is it Bing X or forget the name of it? Um, that looked pretty interesting, had quite a bit of like they have proof of reserves and they had some other features on it. Um, then there's um, obviously like if something the size of KuCoin would be good mm -hmm. or um, yeah, I'm not really sure what else like they're going to achieve. Also, like you don't know what the liquidity depth on that, those exchanges are going to be either. So this is all. Where, where is CASPA? I need to look at where CASPA is even listed because I don't even think CASPA, I mean, they're not on any like, you know, 
of the Krakens or anything of the world, right? It's still mostly just kind of like yeah, tier two and under type I stuff. I think Caspa's in the um, on the Western exchanges. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't checked. I'm not 100 sure. I mean, and that thing reached. Or, I mean, it's it's at like above three billion or whatever. So it's oh, it's yeah. certainly it's certainly not a requirement. Yeah. But you I'm know, not like like it. Judging by where we got in Zeph, like whether it goes to two, one, two, or three billion doesn't really matter. Like we're early enough that it's neither here nor there. Like we do well no matter what. And then it's like, if can you get to a billion market cap with being on almost nothing? Absolutely. Like you know, it, you know it's very much possible to get like five hundred million to a billion easily in many of. These yeah, I think a few hundred million is almost a guarantee. Where where are the because I, I know you always keep an eye on the stuff. Where are the fib extensions right now of interest um, that are like sort of in, in like sort of an immediate sense. I almost want to steal Steffi's thunder because I've heard it so many times. <laughs> Drew, can you can, can you mimic yeah. it for him? One one thirty. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! Now I'm forgetting. You got to be kidding. One thirty two oh seven and and four oh eight. Four oh eight. Yeah. Yep. And one thirty would be what around half a bill. Uh, no. Um, two hundred dollar no, is about half a bill. Oh, saying. okay. So one thirty is like even even more conservative than half a billion. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, and one thirty is just like barely a two x off of the previous. So normally, when small market cap stuff start to run and go into market mode, very commonly they'll run like in a relatively short period of time, like a month or two. They'll typically run like two to three fibs extensions up for small mm-hmm. market cap stuff. And there's obviously there's no guarantee of this, but it's common behavior. So mm-hmm. if you're going to manage your expectations, you say, well, you know, can we get to 200 to 400? Yeah, sure. And like the more like larger accounts that decide to swap to ZSD, the better, because then it doesn't tank the yeah. price on the process, right? It's basically sure. a liability on the balance sheet, but it doesn't like actually, um, it doesn't constitute a trade necessarily because like mm-hmm. the, the money is still in the ecosystem. It doesn't affect um, Zeph's value negatively by doing so. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you could do is just like, swap to zsd as you go up scale out and that way you don't have to worry about the exact numbers so you're and you're not going to affect anyone else negatively so it's not a big deal and if you get lucky zeph drops you want to buy it back sure get get your get it back and that way whatever fees and whatever else you 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 like you know like got hit with as a result of swapping you just you basically make it back by getting cheaper coin (laughs) so yeah there's always a way to kind of play that and obviously, like the the Zephyr swap introduces another interesting vector, but I think I heard in passing and that it's I mean it's not really a dex, right? It's kind of like a no, it's like a semi centralized thing. Yeah, it's like a it's a centralized atomic swap system right now. It's good okay. though. Yeah, it. Like if, honestly, if they're able to provide good liquidity in it, then it could be useful. Before before all of this shits the bed, we're gonna have a couple of other options. I'm I'm pretty confident that. We can peer pressure Chad Barriford into Thorchain Black or Sarai Dex. <laughs> Dude, we need us. that so bad. Holy I mean, shit. he just posted. He, he, Sefi I, I did see that. His, uh, <laughs> did you see the, the chat was asking name. the poll? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dude, I, yeah, I mean, dude, that would be sick. Uh, I mean, that yeah. would solve everyone's problems. I think Bruce and I sufficiently whispered in his ear to like <laughs> see, if some, see if they can make it work. <laughs> Got to keep it going. Peer pressure, man. That's how ha- half of That's how this stuff happens done. around here. No, that's the yeah. benefit of knowing everybody. It's like <laughs> just a whisper here and a whisper there. And it's like, wait, 
you know, just plant that seed, right? Yeah. Be legit. Yeah, it was amazing that we were talking about that with Maya protocol, like sitting right below us in the names that one time. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Guys, um by the way, it's it's been a long day, but I'm gonna I think my wife's giving me a ring yeah. to go do something, so I'm gonna go hang No worries. Yep. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Have a good one. Have a good one. Yep. Easy. Peace. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these tokenomics. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting nottas. And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity. Before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybelines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your communitility All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt, we rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served